Adult content intended for an adult audience only. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. Hate Thy Neighbor by Emotional This is for my wife, a single mother who I met 21 years ago. Be forewarned, there isn't much sex, so enjoy it. For what it is, a fictional romance. Chapter 1 Carson and I have come to love the first day of every month, and June is always the best of them all. It's the beginning of summer which means new tenants, many of them single women, move into the apartment complex I call home. The main reason I chose this location was the tenants are predominantly young single professionals or students. This year to make it even better, my single male neighbors moved out, which means less competition for the ladies. I have a little less than two years left on my self-imposed deadline. Once I hit 30, I will settle down, get married and start a family. Until then I'm going to party hard and date as many women as I can. I finished work for the day and just piddled around in the kitchen listening for signs of movement in the hallway or next door. Soon, my patience paid off when I heard the sounds of furniture being lugged around. I decided to head down to the pool for my afternoon swim, hoping to run into my new neighbor. I timed it so that when I heard movement in the hall I walked out of my apartment door. When I stepped out, I was happy to see movers, which means my new neighbors probably aren't men. To my satisfaction, a beautiful young woman brought up the rear wheeling along a cart full of boxes. She was smoking hot, a beautiful brunette, with her hair tied back in a ponytail. She was wearing a sports bra and yoga pants showing off a nice slim body along with a firm flat stomach, my Achilles heel. Please be single, I thought to myself. Hey, are you my new neighbor? She looked at me and gave me a million dollar smile. Yes. Hi, I'm Tina. I stopped and shook her hand, happy to notice there was no wedding ring on her finger when she rested her left arm on the cart. Hi, I'm Carson, nice to meet you. You as well. Looks like you have an army moving you in. I only have them for another hour. They're just moving in the heavy stuff for me. Well, I was just heading down to the pool for a swim, but if you need some help, I'm free for a while. I would really owe you if you would be willing. There are a ton of boxes I have to move by myself. By herself? That's odd since it's a two-bedroom apartment. Maybe she's using the other bedroom as an office like I am. Lead the way. I helped her carry up a few loads of boxes, making small talk as we went. I quickly found out that as hot as she is, she has a great personality as well. The movers left as soon as the furniture was all in the respective rooms. We were in the U-Haul loading up another round of boxes when I asked the important question. So, do you have a roommate that's going to be joining you? No, the other room's for my two little girls. Girls? Yeah, my two daughters Emily and Lily. My hopes were dashed. A single mother is moving in next to me. I decided to execute my emergency escape plan. We were halfway back to the apartment when I pulled out my phone and pretended to take a call. This is Carson. Um, I'm just walking up my stairs. Can I call you back in about five minutes? Okay, thanks. I pretended to hang up. Sorry, I have to make a work call. As soon as we got back up to her apartment, I dumped my load of boxes and made a beeline out of there. Disaster averted. I wallowed in my misery. A beautiful sexy woman is moving in next to me and she's a single mother. Fuck. I hid in my apartment for an hour until the sounds of moving and slamming doors stopped. I resumed my trip down to the pool and started doing laps. It was a rare day when I didn't get at least 50 laps in. It was my time to just swim and not think about anything. Plus it kept me in great shape. My foster father introduced me to swimming when I was in high school. The Hagermans took me in when I was a freshman. I lost track of how many different schools I had been in over the previous eight years, never starting and finishing a grade in the same school. 
The Hagermans were different though, they didn't host foster kids just for the monthly paycheck, they did it out of the kindness of their heart. Melvin could see right away that learning was a struggle for me. I was just so far behind all the other students from jumping from school to school, and not having a parent who cared enough to help. Every night, Melvin or his wife Linda would sit at the kitchen table and help me with my homework. They were both high school teachers and loved a student who was willing to learn. It didn't take long for my grades to improve to the point where I was eligible to join school sports. Since Melvin was the swim coach, he naturally offered to teach me how to swim. That was one of the things I learned to love about the Hagermans. They never made me do anything. They always gave me a choice. I often wonder how bad my life would have turned out if they hadn't taken me in for the last four years of school. After finishing my 50 laps, I showered and took a little nap before it was time to head down the pub. Another reason I chose this complex, it had its own sports pub where I could drink, meet women and not have to worry about driving home. Ah, life is good. Tina after Carson left, I shut the door and had a good cry. Not because I gave a shit that some asshole went from a nice charming guy to a douchebag the minute he found out I had kids. When he faked a phone call I almost laughed in his face. No, I cried because I felt alone and trapped. I discovered that every once in a while, a good cry helps wash away the stress. I've been alone since the asshole father of the girls left us for his home in Spain almost six years ago. Sure, I had my mom, but she has driven me so crazy for the last year. I swear I would have taken a job in Enid, Oklahoma if it was offered to me. I felt trapped because I can't and won't make time to find and date a man, so I'm destined to be alone until God knows when. I love my girls to death and can't imagine my life without them, but giving them the time they deserve makes it impossible to have a love life. I've never done anything so bold in my life. I've worked my ass off for years to support the girls and me while climbing the corporate ladder. I was shocked when the company offered me a huge promotion. The catch was I had to relocate to Denver ASAP. I didn't even hesitate. The money was fabulous, and I could get away from my mother. I loved her dearly, but the incessant harping on finding a husband was driving me absolutely nuts. So a week later, I rented an apartment site unseen. It was close to the convention center, and was in a great school district. The girls were excited and upset at the same time. Excited for a new adventure, but upset at leaving their friends and grandparents, and the only home they have ever known. Hilton gave me a $5,000 moving allowance. The U-Haul, car trailer, and gas cost me a grand. The two movers were $300 for two hours. Plane tickets for me to bring the girls back chewed up the rest. I was a little scared to lose my security blanket. Mom was my de facto babysitter, my best friend, my rock. But I needed to spread my wings and fly. Hopefully I won't crash and burn. I returned the U-Haul to the closest dealership and took an Uber to the airport to catch my flight back to San Jose. After a quick turnaround, lots of hugs and tears, the girls and I made it back to Denver and our new home. The girls loved the new apartment complex. Our rooms overlooked the courtyard, which was surrounded by ten apartment buildings. I have to say I couldn't have picked a better place for the girls. There is a swimming pool, a playground for kids, even an indoor play area for kids during the long Colorado winters that I'm not looking forward to. The girls, however, are excited at the thought of seeing snow for the first time and making a snowman. I have two days to get unpacked before starting my new job, but I could see the girls really wanted to start exploring their new home. Do you girls want to walk around or go swimming before we start unpacking? They both swam like fish, so I wasn't surprised when they both wanted to hit the water. We changed into our swimsuits and made our way down to the pool. I was surprised how busy it was for a Wednesday afternoon, but then again school's out for the summer. It made me relax a little when I saw how many young children and other moms were using the pool. I found us a couple chairs by the shallow end, 
and of course the girls decided to be shy and not go in right away. Thankfully another mom showed up with a boy and a girl about the same age as my girls. The boy took off screaming looking for his friends. I could tell the mother had an outgoing personality. As soon as she sat down in the chair next to me she started talking. Hi, are you new here? Yeah, we haven't even unpacked yet. The girls wanted to get out a little before we started so I thought we would check out the pool. Hi girls, this is Mandy. Both my girls' eyes lit up at the possibility of making a new friend so quickly. Hi Mandy, this is Emily and Lily. Hi. The little girl was as outgoing as her mom. She took a hand from each of my girls. Come on, let's go in. Just like that, all three were off, jumping into the shallow end. I'm Linda, nice to meet you. You'll love it here. Nice to meet you too, I'm Tina. Are you married? No, it's just the girls and I. Well, if you're looking, this is definitely the place. Half the guys here are single, and most of them are pretty decent. I'm not sure I'll have time for dating for a while. How about you, married? Yeah, my husband's at work. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I like to come down here and relax in the afternoons. My heart jumped. A stay-at-home mom, maybe she would be willing to look in on the girls once in a while, or at least be a backup in case anything came up. Which building do you live in? She pointed across the courtyard to a building that was farthest from mine. Oh well, it was a thought. The sounds of laughter brought my attention to the pool. To my surprise, Carson was giving kids a ride on his back like a dolphin. He would swim underwater from one side of the pool to the other with a kid on his back. Once to the side, the next kid would hop on. There was a line of kids waiting for their turn on both sides of the pool. I have to admit Carson's kinda hot. He's fairly tall, good-looking with an amazingly hard body. Too bad he's such a complete dishabag. That's Carson. Yeah, he's my new next-door neighbor. He's great with kids, they all love him to death. That's surprising. Really, why? He was nice and charming until I told him that I had two little girls. When he found out about them he couldn't run away fast enough. That's odd, maybe a strong single mother intimidated him. I doubt it. Chapter 2 Carson So far summer's starting out great, just as I hoped. I already had a date with a beautiful blonde on Friday night. By date, I mean she is coming over to my place for drinks and Netflix. The pool has been a ton of fun. I think seeing me interact with kids makes me even more attractive to women who might be having maternal instincts themselves. I don't plan on having kids anytime soon, but I don't mind practicing how to make them as much as I can. Thankfully my two little neighbor kids are delightful little girls, and most importantly, quiet. I had given them several rides on Wednesday and then again Thursday. I didn't even realize they were my neighbors until I saw them with their mother. I was a little disappointed when they didn't show up on Friday afternoon, but there were several other kids to throw around and give rides to. My date Friday night went well, really well. Saturday morning before she left we both agreed that we would do it again sometime soon. I decided to get my laps in early so I could just lounge around the pool and have some drinks. The weekend brings a whole new group of women to the pool, those who had jobs during the week and were ready to blow off some steam and show some skin. After my laps, I started to head back up to my apartment to grab a small cooler of drinks and maybe a book to pretend to read. Walking up the stairs I met the girls and Tina. Hey girls, I missed throwing you around yesterday. Lily the youngest piped right up. Mom had to work, so we couldn't go to the pool. Immediately I understood. Single working mother keeps the kids in the apartment, while she is away. Not that I really blame her too much. There are a ton of sick people out there, and she doesn't know anyone here yet. I must have had a funny look on my face that Tina took the wrong way. I don't need your judgment. I was surprised by the venom in her voice. I wasn't, but go ahead and think whatever you want. I didn't need any attitude from her. I went into my apartment, grabbed a cooler full of beer, 
a book and went back down. Unfortunately one of the only lounge chairs open was only a few feet from where she had set up. Ignoring her, I took a seat, opened a beer and relaxed, eyeing my opportunities for the day. I was besieged by kids until I finally gave in and spent ten minutes throwing them as fast and far as I could. They all loved it, and it was a good quick workout. When I returned to my chair, I was surprised to see Tina was packing everything up since it was only 12.30. The girls were begging to stay longer, they had already made new friends and wanted to spend some time with them. Girls, you know I have to get ready for work. I felt bad for the girls having to be cooped up inside on such a beautiful Saturday. Hey Tina. She glared at me almost daring me to insult her. I would be happy to watch the girls while you get ready for work. You can text me five minutes before you leave and I will walk them up. Why? Why what? Why do you want to watch them? I don't really want to, but I know they are having a good time and I hate to see them have to say goodbye to their new friends already. Immediately the girls started saying please 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 please. Trust me Tina, they will never leave my sight, and you can get ready for work in peace. Okay, but so help me if anything happens to them. You won't live to regret it. I laughed at her. Okay, deal. I gave her my cell number and sent her on her way. The girls of course decided that meant I was their personal play toy and tried getting me into the water. I can't, I have to listen for your mom to text me and tell me she's ready. They were thrilled to be able to spend more time with their friends. After 45 minutes passed, I started wondering if she wrote my number down wrong. Hell how long does it take to get ready for work? Finally at 1.40, she texted me she was leaving in 5 minutes. Come on girls, we have to go. Thankfully they listened to me right away, happy for the extra hour they had. Within a few minutes the girls were knocking on their door. When Tina answered I almost forgot to say something. She was dressed business casual, with her hair pulled up. I was really attracted to her the day I met her wearing yoga pants. Today I was speechless at how amazing she looked dressed up for work. I decided she had to be the most beautiful woman in the entire complex by far. Here you go, alive and unharmed. For the first time in days, she actually smiled at me. Thanks, it was a luxury getting ready in peace, and I'm sure they enjoyed it. No problem, have a good day at work. I returned to my pool chair and closed my eyes, trying to get the image of Tina out of my mind. Not many women leave me speechless, but she sure did today. I wish I could have met her before she had children. A woman like that would make me think about moving up my timetable. Tina, did you have fun, girls? Yeah, but Carson wouldn't come in the pool. He said he had to wait for you to text him. I see, WLI, I have a snack laid out for you. Dinner's in the fridge. Lily, listen to your sister and be good. I will tuck you in when I get home. Bye, mommy, love you. Love you too. Even though it was hard to leave the girls home alone, I knew they would be fine. Emily is 10 going on 16 and extremely helpful with her little sister. Thankfully, they get along fine and are very well behaved. Driving the five minutes to the hotel, I couldn't help smiling. I was excited for day two of my new job. Even though I'm only 28, I have spent almost half my life working in hotels. I started in-house cleaning when I was only 15 and have been in the business ever since. I was the convention service manager for Hilton in San Jose the last two years. Now I'm the assistant food and beverage director for the entire convention center in downtown Denver. So far everyone's been great to me, other than the cold welcome from the human resources manager. She almost seemed to have something against me, even though I've never met her. I continued familiarizing myself with the hotel. It's massive with three bars, two restaurants, a Starbucks as well as the convention center catering department and room service. It's a little overwhelming knowing I'm the second in command of it all. Thankfully my new boss took me under his wing and showed me around, pointing out the employees that we can trust and those we have to always keep an eye on. 
When I came home, I found both the girls in their own beds sound asleep. I had called them at eight to make sure everything was fine and to say goodnight. They jabbered on about how much fun they were having and how they were being good. I looked out of my bedroom at the courtyard below. It looked like the pub was going full swing and I felt a twinge of jealousy. I hadn't been out on the town in forever. Although I had never been much of a partier I still missed adult company sometimes. I noticed the couple leaving the pub and starting walking towards our building. As they got closer I realized it was Carson and a pretty blonde. The way they were acting I knew exactly what was in store for them. I guess he will be happy with another notch in his bedpost. It's too bad he's such a dishabag, because he is super hot and great with kids. I could tell he would be a great father, not like my ex, may he rot in hell. Watching him interact with other women, I can tell he's a player, in it to just have as much meaningless sex as he can. The next morning I was woken by the girls sliding into bed and snuggling up to me. I held them both tightly to me as we all fell asleep for a little longer. Sundays I always make them French toast, and just because we are in a new apartment doesn't mean traditions should stop. We were sitting in our PJs eating our French toast when Emily's phone chimed. My motherly instincts kicked in wondering who would be texting my young daughter on a Sunday morning. Hand me your phone. Emily looked at me confused and handed it right over. I saw there was a message from someone named Nadia. Nadia, did you ask her yet? Emily, no. Who's Nadia and what are you supposed to ask me? She's my new friend. She's having an ice cream party tonight at the playground and asked if Lily and I could come. Why haven't you asked me? Because I know you have to work tonight and we can't go. I felt tears well up in my eyes. She's already making sacrifices and wasn't even going to tell me about it. I thought Sunday afternoon in the courtyard should be pretty safe. I felt confident they could handle going down there and back by themselves. I handed her the phone back. Tell her you girls will be there. Really? Yeah, you can go. They both squealed in delight. Emily's fingers started flying fast texting her friend. Okay, girls rules, you go straight there and come straight back as soon as it's over. You don't stop for anything or go anywhere else, understand? Okay, mom, thanks. I was feeling really good about my decision until I left for work. The complex is completely no smoking, but they have a designated smoking area between the back door and the parking lot. I was walking to my car, and a really suspicious-looking guy was sitting on the table smoking. He didn't look like one of the normal tenants. He was dressed in dirty clothes, hair all over the place, unshaven, and missing several teeth. What really got me is how he just looked at me, as if I was something he would consider buying. Off to work? I just kept walking, not even acknowledging that he even spoke to me. As soon as I closed the car door I quickly locked it, started it up, and drove away. How did he know I was going to work? Who was he? My mind started imagining worst-case scenarios with him and the girls. What if he's just waiting for someone like them to be walking alone so he could snatch them? Or maybe he will follow them into the apartment when they return alone. By the time I got to work, I was in tears. Thankfully Sunday afternoons at the hotel are quiet so I went into the office and closed the door. What should I do? The girls would be crushed now if I told them they couldn't go, but the image of that guy staring at me was seared into my mind. Carson. He is such a douchebag, but I have to admit he is good with kids. I hated to ask him, to be in any kind of debt to him, but I didn't think I had a choice. I grabbed my phone and shot off a quick text. Me, hey, this is Tina, are you busy? Thankfully, he answered right away. Carson, no, what's up? Me, can I call you for a minute? Immediately, my phone started ringing, and I saw it was him calling me. Hello? Hey, this is Carson, what's up? I was wondering if you could do me a huge favor? The girls have an ice cream party tonight at six on the playground, but when I was leaving for work there was this really creepy guy hanging out at the back door. 
I mean really slimy creepy. Somehow he even knew I was going to work. It just scares me having the girls walk there and back alone with him hanging around. Yeah, no problem. Give Emily my cell phone number and have her call me when they are ready. I promise you they won't leave my sight. Thanks, Carson. I really owe you for this. Immediately I felt much better. He may be a dishabag, but at least he seems to be trustworthy with kids. Chapter 3 Carson As soon as I hung up with Tina, I went downstairs to see if I could spot the guy she was describing. Not seeing him, I started to make a wide circle of the complex looking for anyone out of the ordinary. I didn't spot anyone, but I wasn't sure if that was a good or bad thing. I decided to stop in the office tomorrow and see if anyone else reported someone strange hanging around. I pulled out my phone. I had a date tonight at 5 that I was going to have to push back. Me, hey this is Carson. I can't make 5 o'clock. I have to take my neighbor's girls to a party at the playground. I guess there is a strange guy hanging around and she has to work. Can we make it later? Like 8 colon 00-ish? A few minutes later, my phone chimed. My suspicions that this girl was a selfish bitch was confirmed. Karen, fuck no. I can't believe you're blowing me off for someone else's brats. If you can't make 5, just forget it. Me, thumbs up. Oh well, I could handle not getting laid for one night to make sure the girls are safe. I couldn't imagine the guilt I would have to deal with if I had said no, and then something happened to them. The girls must have been excited to go. I got a text at five from Emily. Emily, hey Carson, do you think we can go down to the playground a little early? Me, how early? Emily, like maybe now? Me, let me ask your mom. Me, hey Tina, the girls want to go to the playground a little early. I don't care if you don't care but I thought I should ask you first. Tina, that's fine if you're sure you don't care. Me, nope not at all, thanks. Me, okay girls, five minutes. I could hear the squeals of happiness through the wall. I met them in the hall where they each took a hand pulling me down to the playground jabbering away non-stop like only young girls can. I took a spot on the bench and released them to their friends. There were several other mothers already around and a couple of husbands. I ignored most of them as I had no interest in a single mother and absolutely zero interest in a married woman. I managed to take a pic of the girls talking to their friends. Their hands were going everywhere with emotion, huge smiles on their faces. I decided to send it to Tina so she would know I was keeping an eye on them. Me image. Me, they are having a good time. Tina, it looks like they are, thank you. A little while later, they were sitting at the picnic tables eating ice cream and I sent her another picture. Finally about 7.30 the party broke up and everyone headed to their own apartments. Come on girls, let's get you home. When we got to their door, they both gave me a big hug. Thanks for taking us. It was no problem girls, hope you had fun. Before you shut the door, let me send your mom a picture so she knows you're in there safe and sound. I took several pictures of both of them inside their doorway. They made several poses with silly faces and their tongues hanging out. Me images. Me, safe and sound in your apartment. Tina, ah, thanks again you don't know how much I appreciate it. After I heard the door lock, I took a quick shower and headed down to the pub. A few of my friends said they would be there for a while watching Sunday night baseball. I hadn't eaten and my date plan was canceled. We killed several pitchers of beer, a plate of nachos, dozens of wings, and even a few shots of Cuervo. Six and tomorrow is going to suck, but I'm young and it will be worth it. While we ate, drank and half-watched the game, I kept noticing a table of young college-aged girls making eye contact with me and smiling. Immediately after the game was over, my buddies made a beeline for their beds. I noticed two of the coeds were still at their table, both still full of smiles. I walked over to their table with the remainder of my last beer. Hello ladies, how are you tonight? We were starting to wonder if you were ever going to join us. Really? Are you dense like most men? 
Nope, which one of you is it going to be? Which one? Well, we figured you might be man enough to handle, both of us. Where are we going? Your place. I soon realized I was drunker than I thought, and we all stumbled not too quietly towards my apartment. When we came up the stairs, and started down the hall, I saw Tina coming down the hall from the other way. Hey, there's my hot milk neighbor. We were almost to my door. Oi, ch 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 she is hot, think she wants to join us too? I put my key in the door. Nah, not a chance. I opened the door, and we all fell inside for the night. Tina just when I thought Carson may not be quite the douchebag I thought, he proved that he is. What kind of asshole takes my girls to an ice cream party, and then turns around and calls me a milf while he is in the arms of two other women? And who gets drunk and brings home two women on a Sunday night anyway? I made it a point afterwards to avoid him at all costs. It will be a cold day in hell before I ask him for anything again. I didn't realize that hell would freeze over less than a week later. Tuesday and Wednesday are my days off, so I decided to make it a point to have some quality family time with the girls every week. Tuesday we drove out to the national park and did some hiking on some mountain trails. The girls had lots of fun doing something new, but our legs were jelly when we got home. We decided to have a movie night, and I ordered the girls their favorite cheese pizza. Every Wednesday the pub has a kid's night. We didn't know about it last week, but this week they have been looking forward to going. We decided to spend the day at the pool and then go to the pub early in the evening. Thankfully Carson wasn't there. I really didn't want to have to face him after his comment the other night. Of course as we were packing up to head in for the day, he showed up. The girls were so excited to see him they ran up and gave him a hug. He seemed happy to see them, but wouldn't even look my way, acting like he was humiliated. I didn't even acknowledge his presence. We all cleaned up and headed to the pub. Linda was walking in with her two kids at the same time, and invited us to join them. We found a table and sent the kids to the buffet. I discovered kids' night they set up a buffet with children's favorite foods. There was pizzas, fries, hot dogs, mac and cheese, and anything else a kid would dream of. Linda and I decided to order off the menu and have a margarita. Well, how was your first week here? Pretty good, I love my new job and the girls are quickly making new friends. We went hiking for the first time yesterday, the mountains are so beautiful. Yeah, wait until it snows. The mountains look like something you would see on a postcard. We chatted back and forth while the kids all ate and laughed together. I didn't realize how much I missed hanging out with another adult in a social setting. I wasn't paying too much attention to what was going on around us until I heard one of the waitresses talking to the bartender. So, how was your hot date with Carson? Screw him. He blew his chance. Immediately my ears tuned in, curious as to what Carson had done to her. Oh, what happened? We were supposed to have dinner in my apartment at five. He texted me and said he had to babysit a couple of kids and couldn't make it until eight. I told him not to bother if he chose a couple of brats over me. Suddenly I felt guilty, and at the same time I thought what a cunt. Carson gave up a date to take the girls to their ice cream party. Why can't he just be an ass all the time so it will be easier to hate him? Instead he keeps demonstrating that he might actually be a decent guy some days. By the end of the night, I decided I had to forgive him for what he said. By his actions today, he obviously regrets what he said. He did help me out and give up a date and probably an evening of sex, although by looking at her, he didn't miss out on much in my opinion. Plus, he ended up in a threesome anyway. Thursday I was back to work. As much as I miss the girls, I'm really enjoying the new challenge and added responsibility. I had made a few suggestions to my new boss that he liked and implemented immediately. Talk about an ego boost. I'm the youngest assistant manager in the company and I intend to make sure they made the right choice in promoting me. I'm going to prove my worth, and hopefully make general manager by the time I'm 30. 
Thursday night went smooth, and I felt a sense of accomplishment as I headed home for the night, looking forward to seeing the girls in the morning. Friday found me with a cup of coffee surfing the internet, while the girls played in their room. I looked at the weather forecast and felt a twinge of fear. The girls were terrified of storms, and the Denver area is forecasted to have severe thunderstorms for the next two nights. Unfortunately, the hotel has a major convention in town, and there's no way I can get any time off, especially since I'm new. I left for work, hoping against hope that the storms will miss us, or even hold off until I make it home. We were swamped with tons of guests packed into the hotel, all ready to eat, drink and have a good time. I kept an eye on the radar when I could, willing the storms to stay away. Sure enough they started forming close to sundown. I had no one else to turn to, so I texted Carson. Me, hey Carson. Carson, hey Tina. Me, have you seen radar? Carson, yeah, we are going to get hammered. Me, I'm stuck at work, and the girls are terrified of storms. Would you mind sitting with them until they are over? Carson, on it. Me, thanks. For the next hour, I was all over the hotel and didn't have time to check the radar. When I did, I wished I hadn't. All of Denver was covered by a huge swatch of red on the radar screen. I texted Carson to make sure everything was okay. When he didn't answer, I texted Emily. When she didn't answer, I started getting worried. The storms were violent, and I'm sure the kids are scared to death. I was hoping the storms were interfering with cell phone signals, and nothing is wrong at home. The moment I got off work, I rushed home to my girls, hoping they weren't hysterical. I raced down the hallway and opened the door and stepped in. To my total surprise, Carson was laid back in my recliner, Emily and Lily snuggled up to him, one in each of his arms. Both had their favorite blankets and all three were snoring like nothing was wrong. I stood there in shock for several minutes just watching them. This guy did more for the girls tonight than their real father ever had. Outside, a bright flash of lightning struck the courtyard followed by thunder so loud it shook the building. Unbelievably, the girls didn't even budge. I put my hand gently on his chest since both shoulders had a sleeping head on it. Gently shaking him, I whispered, Carson, wake up. He opened his eyes in surprise, instinctively pulling the girls closer to him. He quickly realized where he was and sat up. Sorry, I didn't mean to fall asleep. It's fine, can you help me get them into bed? I picked up Lily, and he carried Emily down the hall. I decided to just put them in my bed in case the storms woke them up. I flamed red when I realized I had one of my black brows hung over the bed frame. Thankfully he didn't seem to notice, or if he did he ignored it. I shut the bedroom door behind us and started to thank him when he looked at his phone. Oh shit, it's almost eleven. Yes sorry, work was crazy and the storm slowed me down driving home. No, it's fine. He rushed out the front door and into his apartment. A few moments later I heard it open and close again. Curious, I went to my window to see him running across the courtyard to the pub. Once again I felt guilty. It's Friday night and I'm sure he had plans that I made him late for. I decided I owed him an apology. Me, hey Carson, I have a feeling I ruined your date plans once again. I'm really sorry, let me know how I can make it up to you. Carson, do not worry about it, I needed a nap anyway lol. Me, okay, you don't know how much I appreciate what you did, they are usually scared shitless. Carson, they were until I told them how much I loved the sound of thunder. I told them I would snuggle them up if they didn't like it. Me, well, thanks again, I hope the rest of your night is good. I'll try not to ruin your plans again. Carson, if you need any help with the girls, I'll be offended if you don't ask me. I really don't mind. Me, okay, I'm off to bed, good night. I quickly changed into my nightshirt and snuggled up with the girls. I was still in awe at how well they were sleeping through the ongoing storm. 
Surprisingly, Carson was in my thoughts as I drifted off to sleep. Chapter 4 Carson I can't believe I fell asleep and didn't hear my phone. I guess the girls snuggled up to me was just too relaxing. They were so cute tonight, initially they were scared, but when I told them how much I liked thunder they put on a brave face. It wasn't long though before they were asleep in my arms. Unfortunately, I was late meeting Marie in the pub and someone else had taken my spot by her side. I took a seat at the bar and ordered a crown on the rocks from Karen. She must still be pissed about blowing off our date as she took her sweet time getting it. Sitting there sipping my whiskey I thought about my new neighbors. It had been a long time since I felt alone, but suddenly the feeling washed over me like a tidal wave. I've always loved kids, and hope to have several of my own someday. These two girls however are quickly getting inside my heart. I know how it feels to be home alone as a kid, so that might be why I feel so connected to them. I thought back to when I was their age. For two years I lived with a foster family that just kept me around for the monthly paycheck. Many nights, I fell asleep in an empty house as my foster parents liked to stay out partying until the bars closed. One night when I was nine, I hid in the closet while the tornado sirens were going off during a bad storm, eventually crying myself to sleep. I was finally rescued from them when they didn't come home one night after passing out at a party. Luckily my social worker chose that morning to show up for the annual surprise visit. When she discovered I was home alone, she called the police to have the parents arrested. After examining my sparse room, old clothes, and the dirty house, they moved me to a new family. By then the damage was done, I was always scared way behind in school, and had become an introvert. I would suffer through my childhood years until I thankfully was sent to the Hagermans. I don't know why the girls are growing up without a father, it's really none of my business. Thankfully they have a great mother who obviously loves them more than anything. I do know that no matter what, I won't let them sit in a closet and cry themselves to sleep when a storm rages outside, no matter what it costs me. Tina work is great, I'm really loving my new job. Everyone respects and listens to me, other than the human resources manager who never has anything nice to say. The days and weeks are flying by as we have all fallen into a familiar rhythm. Carson was nice enough to sit with the girls during a few more stormy nights. He also started playing board games with them one or two nights a week. He hasn't been very dishabaggery lately, maybe he is starting to grow up, but I am not going to hold my breath. The girls start school next week already. They are both nervous and excited, thankfully they have made quite a few friends over the summer. I will be able to walk them to the bus stop in the mornings, and they should be okay to walk home by themselves. The bus drops them within a block of the apartment building. Quickly, the first day of school came and I was a nervous wreck. Will they be bullied? Will they make more friends? Will their teachers be nice? I walked them to the bus stop with tears in my eyes as I always do the first day of school. Okay girls, write to the apartment when you get off the bus. Text me when you get home. Love you. Love you too mom. They were both off without a worry. Plenty of their friends got on the same bus at the same time, and I felt reassured that they would have a good day. When I got back to the apartment it seemed so empty without them, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my new free time. Suddenly my stomach grumbled and I had the urge to make an omelet. I decided to text Carson to see if he wanted one. Me, hey, I just sent the girls off to their first day of school. Feel like some breakfast? Carson, I'm working, so I really can't go anywhere. Me, I was just going to make omelets here. Carson. In that case I would love one. I can always spare fifteen minutes for an omelet. Me, I have mushrooms, onions, and cheese, that sound okay? Carson, like music to my ears. Me, okay give me fifteen minutes. I quickly touched myself up in the bathroom before starting the omelets. I'm not sure why I was all of the sudden nervous to have breakfast with Carson. It is obvious that neither one of us has any interest in the other. Ten minutes later he knocked on my door. 
Hey, I was at a good stopping point, so thought I would come on over. Need any help? Um, you can pour me an orange juice, and whatever you like, they are almost done. I was happy they turned out perfect as I put them on the table. Suddenly I realized this was the first time we had been alone together. I think he realized the same as an awkward silence hung over the table. So, what do you do for work? I'm an independent financial analyst. What's that? I follow and analyze ten different companies. I prepare company overviews, projections, and make a recommendation if the stock is a buy or sell. How do you get paid then? Independent brokerage companies pay me a monthly fee to distribute my reports to their customers. They have to be prepared by someone like me. I also keep abreast of market trends, news, etc. so I can give daily guidance if the market is going to move one way or the other. I never knew that was even a thing. It is a very niche market. I like it. I work from home, usually done by two every afternoon. No weekends, no bosses, no worries. That sounds carefree. Yeah, that's how I tend to lead my life. I noticed. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. Other than the one drunken comment, he has been really good to me and the girls. It's none of my business how many women he sleeps with. I decided to change the subject. You're amazing with kids, how come you don't have any of your own? I plan on it someday. I have another year and a half of freedom, then I will start a family. What do you mean freedom? I decided I was going to have fun and party in my twenties. The plan is to work hard and save as much money as I can. When I turn 30, I will hopefully find a good wife and have some kids. That sounds pretty simple. Yeah, so far. We will see how many good women want a 30-year-old guy for a husband when the time comes. What do you consider a good woman? I clearly was making him uncomfortable with my questions, and then it dawned on me. He wants a woman who doesn't have baggage like kids or an ex-husband. Um, I'm not sure I have a concrete definition. Now he had me curious, and as rude as it may be, I decided to ask the question that I had been asking myself since the day we met. So what's so repulsive about a single mother? He looked at me with surprise and guilt. Nothing. I didn't say anything, just looked back and raised an eyebrow. Okay, as you know, sometimes I'm not a good person. What do you mean? I'm selfish, that's why I don't want to get involved with a single mother. Selfish how? Is there anything more important to you than your girls? No. And do you think that will ever change? Probably not. That's why I'm selfish. When two people meet and fall in love without children, the spouse is the most important thing in the world until children come along. I want my time where I'm the most important thing in a woman's life. I sat there contemplating what he said. I kind of understood where he was coming from. I never had much of a chance to be cherished by someone or enjoy romance. Instead, I was pregnant at 17. I get it. He looked at me with doubt and surprise. You do? Yeah, I do. I never had that myself, and I never will. So I can see where you're coming from. When you have it, I hope you cherish it, and when your kids come along, cherish them as well. We both sat there in silence, reflecting on each other's words. Finally Carson stood up to leave and smiled. Thanks for breakfast, I enjoyed it very much. I did too. The rest of my day I felt unsatisfied. I asked Carson questions I had no right to, and now I couldn't get his answers out of my head. Thinking about it, I couldn't fault him for not wanting to get involved with a single mother and the baggage that came with it. There are still more questions I want to ask if I ever get the chance again. Chapter 5 Carson What a Strange Morning Out of nowhere, Tina invited me over for breakfast, and the conversation quickly became very personal. After our conversation, I saw her in a new light. I sensed that although she loved the girls more than anything else in the world, she wished there was more in her life. I decided next time we were alone, if there was one, it would be my turn to ask the personal questions. 
After the stock market closed, I went down to the pool to get my laps in before school got out. It was almost empty so I was able to swim in relative peace. As I swam, I thought to myself how much Tina has influenced my life. The last time I had sex was the threesome with the college girls the night I insulted her. The next morning I felt like such an ass. She hadn't done anything to deserve that. I was so ashamed I couldn't even look her in the eye. After that, meaningless sex didn't appeal to me anymore. Even though I haven't hit my 30-year-old deadline yet, I suddenly wanted more out of life myself. After my swim, I decided to walk down to the bus stop to make sure all the kids got back to the complex safely. The idea that someone may grab the girls was suddenly a real fear for me. It was amusing to see an entire bus drop off the kids at one stop. Forty of them lived in our apartment complex alone. Thankfully there were several other mothers and fathers there to meet them as well. The girls were surprised and happy to see me waiting for them. Carson! Hey girls, how was the first day? Good, but we have homework. Oh no, well make sure you get it done and make your mom proud. I walked them back to the apartment, they talked my ear off the entire way. I carried Lily's heavy backpack so she took my hand as we walked. I handed it back to her when we got to their door. Will you come in with us and do homework? No, I didn't arrange to come in today with your mom. You've been in here lots of times. Yes, but every time before, your mom knew about it ahead of time. I will ask her tomorrow if I can help you with your homework after school. That gave me an idea. I ran to the store to get everything to make homemade cinnamon rolls like Linda had taught me. The next morning, I was up early as always, but I made the cinnamon rolls in between spending time on the computer working. As soon as I knew the girls were off to school I sent Tina a text. Me, hey, I made breakfast today if you're interested. Tina, sure, when? Me, it's ready whenever you want to come over. It was the first time she had been in my apartment, and she looked surprised. I kept it neat and well decorated, not like most bachelor pads I imagine. I made cinnamon rolls if that's okay. You actually made these from scratch? Yeah, my foster mother taught me. Do they look okay? I'm impressed, they look delicious. We made a little small talk while we ate our breakfast. Finally it was my turn to put her on the hot seat. I walked the girls home from the bus stop yesterday. They wanted me to help them with their homework, but I didn't want to go in without your permission. She seemed confused. You have been in the apartment dozens of times. Why would you need my permission? Because we had it arranged ahead of time every other time. I just felt I'd going in if you didn't know I was there. I don't mind helping them with their homework if you're okay with it. No, that's fine. The girls love you and it makes me feel better knowing you're around to keep an eye on them. Good, that brings me to my next question. How would you feel about me having a key to your apartment? The reaction was just what I expected, a twinge of fear and distrust. Why exactly? Well, I would only use it in case of an emergency. With winter coming on, I just thought it might be nice to have one in case you get stuck overnight at the hotel, or if there is a fire alarm going off, or I hear them screaming. Let me think about it. Is that okay? Totally, and I won't be offended if you say no. I'm just thinking ahead in case something happens. Okay, I'll let you know. So you were in foster care? For how long? I smiled at her with a childish grin. Oh no, you made breakfast and asked the personal questions yesterday. Today, I made breakfast and it's my turn to ask. Thankfully, she laughed at my humor instead of raising her guard. Okay, what do you want to know? How did you end up being a single mother? She took a deep breath and blew it out very slowly. I'm sorry, that may be a little too personal. How about instead you tell me about your job? No, it's fine. I don't mind talking about it. I met Raul when I was still in high school. He was attending Stanford. We hit it off right away and he started pushing me hard and fast from the beginning. Calling me, always wanting to go out, and then he started pushing me into having sex right away. 
At first I was enamored by him, he had an accent and was going to be a doctor. I was still a virgin and wasn't ready to have sex yet, but he was persistent. He eventually wore me down until I finally just gave in. Sure enough Emily was conceived. She was getting a little teary, I could tell this was hard for her and started to feel guilty for asking, but she kept on. He is from Spain, and was here for medical school. We moved in together after I had Emily. He never had much time for us, always saying he had to study, promising me that after he became a doctor we would have more time together. Of course I was young and stupid and didn't know any better. He just used me as his live-in mistress basically. Sure enough, my birth control failed two years later after I had strep throat and along came Lily. Finally he graduated from medical school, and I thought that we might be able to start being a real family. Instead I came home from work one day to find him and all his stuff gone. He left a simple note that said, Thanks for the good times, I went home to Spain. Initially I was crushed, but then I realized I didn't love him, and he treated us like shit anyway. Wow Tina, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I wouldn't trade the girls for anything. We're happy together. I didn't even bother trying to track him down. Good riddance. I didn't know what to say, I felt like I had already intruded too much. She decided to change the subject and rescue me. I gotta say, I'm impressed, these cinnamon rolls are amazing. Thanks, I think I'll make them for the girls sometime. Tina. I woke up with a start from a sex dream I was having about Carson. I was so hot I was almost sweating, WTF is wrong with me. I can't remember the last time I had a sex dream period, and why him of all people? He is attractive, that's not the issue but I can't see myself ever having sex with a man whore like him. I tried to shake off the effects of my dream with a hot shower, but that just seemed to make it worse. For the first time in years, I started masturbating in the shower. I tried to keep Carson out of my thoughts, but eventually I pictured him naked, triggering a powerful orgasm that left me shaking. I'm spending just a little too much time with Carson and decided not to have him over for breakfast to continue our conversations. Instead I did some laundry and other household chores to keep my mind off him, and what the thought of him had done to my body. After lunch, I headed to the pool since summer was quickly fading away. I was engrossed in a romance, which probably wasn't going to help my aroused condition when I heard a towel drop in the chair beside me. Of course it was Carson. Hey, beautiful day, isn't it? Yeah, I decided to try and enjoy summer while it lasted. Me too, I will be sad when I can't get my laps in every day. With that he took off his shirt, jumped in the pool and started going back and forth, making it look effortless. I had to admit, he had a hell of a body, lean and muscular, well tanned from a summer in the pool. The more I tried to ignore him, the more I found myself staring. He swam for almost an hour straight, almost catching me staring when he climbed out of the pool. I pretended to be engrossed in my book behind my sunglasses as he walked towards me, water dripping off him looking like a Greek god. Thankfully he didn't stay, instead he picked up his towel and shirt and headed back to the apartment. I'll see you later, enjoy the sun. Damn. He even looks good walking away from me. I laid there and wondered where my dreams and thoughts had come from. I hadn't had sex in over six years, and never really missed it. Heck, I never enjoyed it when I was having it with Raul on a regular basis. So why am I so turned on today? I decided to take a few laps of my own and try to burn off some energy. Feeling much better, I returned to the apartment, showered and dressed in plenty of time to meet the girls at the bus stop. It had only been a few days since school started but I already missed having them there with me in the mornings. I was looking forward to the kids' night in the pub and an evening of hearing all about school. I walked down the bus stop and chatted with Linda while waiting for the girls to show up. When they did, the look of joy on their faces made me happy to be a mom. Mom! They were full of news and hugs as we walked back to the apartment. Suddenly Lily asked me, 
Where's Carson? I don't know why. Because he is supposed to walk us back from the bus stop. Well, maybe since it is my day off, he took a day off too. Mom, you both can walk us back. We have four hands to hold. My God, the things that come out of children's mouths. When we got back to the apartment, I made them a snack while they did a little homework. Emily finished early and picked up her phone. Mom, can I invite Carson to go to the pub with us tonight? Jeesh, you guys miss him that much? Yeah, he is nice and lots of fun. I'm not nice and lots of fun. Yeah, but you're our mom, you have to be, it's your job. I guess if you really want to. That made both of them happy. As much as I hated to admit it, Carson had become my new security blanket. I know I will always have someone there for me if something happens. Which is probably why he is right in asking for a key. I decided to give him a spare next time I saw him. Aw, he said no. I was surprised. He never has turned down spending time with the girls. I wondered if it was date night. I wonder why. He said it's your day off and we need to give you extra love and time. I was shocked. I hadn't said anything. So how did he know I was missing them more? I decided to invite him myself. The girls usually sat with friends while they were eating anyway. Me, hey, you're welcome to join us. They usually sit with their friends anyway. Carson, are you sure I don't want to intrude on your time with them? Me, yeah, they were upset you weren't at the bus stop. Carson, okay, just knock when you're ready to head down. Okay, girls, Carson is coming to the pub with us. They both squealed in joy. I was starting to wonder if they liked him more than me. When I knocked on his door, Carson answered and actually looked like he dressed up a little. Both girls gave him hugs before taking him by the hand. He looked at the girls and nudged them. Your mom likes holding hands with you too. The four of us walked down to the pub, each holding one of the girls' hands. Linda was walking into the pub the same time we were. Hey guys, want to join me tonight? Sure. The kids knew the drill by now and quickly got their food and joined their friends. Carson, Linda and I found a table and ordered off the menu. Linda and I ordered margaritas while Carson had whiskey on the rocks. It was a nice relaxing dinner. Having Linda made it a little less awkward for Carson and I. Linda did keep giving us weird looks like she was trying to figure us out. I needed to assure her nothing was going on between us next time I saw her. Linda left just a little before we did which gave me the opportunity one needed. Just when we were getting ready to leave, I slid a spare key over to him. Thanks, hopefully I won't need to use it. Carson walked us back to the apartment. The girls were still wound up. He always gets down on one knee to give the girls a hug when saying goodbye. Tonight, Lily threw her arms around his neck in a big hug. I heard her whisper. I love you, Carson. I was surprised by the effect it had on Carson. He closed his eyes tightly, almost as if he was holding back tears, then gave her an extra squeeze. He stood and said goodnight without looking at me walked into his apartment. The girls definitely had him wrapped around their finger. Hopefully they don't figure it out or he's in big trouble. The next day at the bus stop, Linda walked up to me with a big smile. So you and Carson, huh? No, not at all. The girls just love him to death and they wanted him to come along. Don't give me that. I saw how he looked at you. I gave her a confused look. I'm not sure what you saw, but God's honest truth, there is nothing going on between us. Well, I can tell you one thing. All you have to do is say the word and he's yours. And I don't mean for a night either that guy loves you. I actually laughed at her. I'm flattered you would say so, but that's absurd. He wants nothing to do with a single mother, trust me. The girls have him wrapped around their fingers. Okay, we will see. Walking back I was confused. Carson had seemed to change lately, but I still highly doubted he wanted anything to do with me. He flat out told me he was selfish and wanted nothing to do with a single mother. Thursday, it was time to go back to work. Once again, I decided not to invite Carson over for breakfast. 
Linda's words kept repeating themselves to me in my mind. I didn't believe her at all, but no sense tempting fate. When I got to work, it was a madhouse. There was a bug going around and out of our normal evening staff of 80 people, 18 had called and leaving me to put out fires everywhere. I got paged to one of our bars that one of the kegs was empty and needed to be changed. Some of the imported beers are quite expensive and are kept in a locked cooler. Before I showed up some of the bartenders had managed to steal dozens of them over a year's time. Now there are security procedures which just makes more work for everyone. One of the barbacks was waiting for me, in a hurry as there was a bar of thirsty customers. As soon as I opened the door he grabbed a step stool to get one of the kegs that was on the second shelf. He was in such a hurry he didn't dry his hands before picking up one of the heavy kegs. Time seemed to go into slow motion as it slipped out of his wet fingers bouncing off the corner of the step stool, ricocheting right at me. I tried to turn and run, but I hadn't even taken a step before I felt it slam into my legs. The last thing I remember before passing out is seeing a bone poking through my skin. Chapter 6 Carson I was sitting in the living room watching Thursday night football when my phone rang. It was a local number, but since I didn't recognize it, I hit decline. Within a minute, the same number called again. Since it was a commercial I decided I may as well see who's blowing up my phone. Hello? Hello, is this Carson? Yes, who's this? This is Amber at St. Joseph's Hospital. Do you know Tina? Instantly the TV was off, and I was on the edge of my seat. Yes, what's wrong? Before I can talk to you, I need to know your relationship to her. I thought quickly, what to say so they would talk to me. I'm her children's nanny. Are the children with you now? Yes, but they're sleeping. Tina was in an accident tonight and suffered a broken leg that required surgery. We went into her phone and you are her most frequent contact, so we reached out to you first. She will be fine, but she will need to be kept at least overnight. Are you okay with the children, or do I need to send social services for them? Of course I'm okay with them. Is she awake? How bad is it? We are going to keep her asleep until tomorrow morning. She will be fine, but I really can't tell you anything more. Okay, I will get the girls to school in the morning and be down. I was thankful that I had asked for a key. I decided to sleep in their living room recliner, just in case they woke up in the middle of the night. I set my alarm, but couldn't fall asleep for hours. When I did, it was only for a brief time before I woke again, worried. I decided to tell the girls a little white lie and that their mom had to stay late at work, no sense worrying them all day. Thankfully they bought it, and I was able to get them to school without an issue. The moment they were on the bus, I was in my jeep heading to the hospital. I was able to bluff my way into her room, claiming to be her nanny. When I saw her, my heart broke. She was awake but obviously in pain. When she saw me she broke down crying. I sat on the side of her bed and just held her hand while she cried. Where are the girls? I sent them to school. The hospital wouldn't tell me anything and I didn't want to scare them. She just nodded her head at me, still sniffling. This is probably my fault for jinxing you. If you hadn't given me that key, it wouldn't have happened. I'm sure it would have, but I'm glad you were there for the girls. What happened? Some dumbass dropped a keg full of beer. How bad is it? I don't know yet, I just woke up a little while ago. I sat on the side of her bed, holding her hand. One leg was in a plaster cast that went to the top of her knee, the other one was in a walking boot. Nurses kept coming in and out checking on her, finally the surgeon came in. He said one leg had a compound fracture, and he repaired it with surgery. The second leg had a hairline fracture, and would be okay in a walking boot. However she had to stay completely off everything for two weeks. If she made it through the day okay, she would be able to go home tonight. I never left her side, and never let go of her hand. After lunch, she was starting to feel a little better, 
they had her on some pretty potent painkillers. Finally the realization of her situation dawned on her. I don't know what I'm going to do. What do you mean? I live on the second floor with two little girls and I can't walk up the stairs, or walk at all. I don't know how long I will be off work, how I will take care of the girls, or even how to take care of myself. Those are all little problems, what else is wrong? She obviously didn't like my humor as she glared at me and released my hand. Easy for you to joke, you work from home. Tina, the only difference is now I have three little girls to watch over. I can get you up the stairs no problem. I can get the girls to and from school with no problem. I can even make a meal here and there. Why would you do that? Because you need my help. What do you get out of it? Karma. What does karma have to do with it? This isn't the place to have that discussion. Do you trust me that I will help you with no strings attached? Do I have a choice? There is always a choice, but this is the best one. Okay. Soon it was time for me to go to the bus stop and pick up the girls. Do you want me to bring them here, or get them situated at home until you get there? I would rather them not see me here if possible. I went back home, picked up the girls, got them in the apartment, picked up a temporary wheelchair and went back to the hospital just as they were processing her release. They left her in her hospital gown instead of trying to dress her. They wheeled her out to my waiting jeep where I waited with the door open. Okay, here comes the first part of trusting me. Reach around my neck and hold on tight as I pick you up. She did as I asked, and I was able to gently place her in the front of my jeep. When we got to the apartment building, I carried the wheelchair up to the second floor. Then I came back down and carried her up to the stairs and gently put her in it. Okay, let me go prepare the girls, and then you can wheel yourself in, okay? Yeah, good idea. I went to their apartment and let myself in. I was happy that they were in the living room watching TV. Hey girls. Hey Carson. I need to talk to you. Please turn off the TV. Once they did I sat them down. Your mom was in an accident, but she is okay. Immediately tears started rolling down their faces. She is outside. Let's bring her in okay. They didn't even wait for me. They rushed to the door and saw their mom in the hallway, smiling weakly at them. Hey girls, I'm okay. She wheeled herself in and immediately started answering all their questions. Finally, they asked the important question. But mom, who's going to take care of you? I'm going to if that's okay with you girls. They both shook their heads yes. Okay, are you guys hungry? Yes. I leaned down to Tina. Do you need anything before I make you guys dinner? I could tell by the look in her eye what she needed, and she hated the thought of it. She pulled me down and whispered in my ear. I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to pick you up and carry you in there. I assume you're still going commando under your robe? What does that mean? That you're naked under it. Oh, yeah? Well, that will make things much easier. I'm going to carry you in there and sit you down. When you're done, all you need to do is text me and I will come and get you. My God, I'm so embarrassed. Why, because you're human and need to use the bathroom sometimes? Don't worry about it. We won't make it weird and everything will be fine. Okay. I picked her up and carried her into the bathroom, only slightly hitting her head on the doorway. I'm glad she is a petite woman. I sat her down on the toilet and helped her shimmy up her robe and shut the door behind me. Meanwhile, I went to the kitchen to see what I could find for an easy dinner. Hey girls, do pancakes and eggs sound good for dinner? They both thought it was a good idea, so I started laying out the ingredients until Tina texted me. I went into the bathroom to find her blushing beet red. I picked her up and carried her back into the living room. Would you like your recliner or wheelchair? Recliner, please. I laid her down in her recliner and gently raised up the footrest and made sure she was comfortable. How is your pain level? It's getting up there again. Do you want a pill now or with dinner? I'll wait so I can eat something with it. 
I quickly whipped up some pancakes for us all, and we had a little picnic on the living room floor sitting around her recliner. After we were done, I put the girls in her lap and started cleaning the kitchen. By then, it was already past the girls' bedtime. Although they didn't want to, they started getting ready for bed. Girls, tell me when you're in bed and mom will tuck you in. That gave them a little more motivation, and soon they yelled they were ready. I surprised Tina when I picked her up, carried her into their room and sat her on each side of their beds to tuck them in. I wanted to make this as easy as possible for all of them. Tina Carson was being a true hero, letting me tuck in the girls. When we were done, he carried me into my room and sat me on the side of the bed. Okay, I plan on sleeping on your couch. Would you rather sleep in here, or would the recliner be more comfortable? I think the recliner. Okay, do you have a long nightshirt you would rather wear, or are you happy in the hospital robe? A nightshirt, this thing is horrible. Okay, where should I get it? I pointed to the top right drawer of my dresser. I was in too much pain to be embarrassed at him going through my sleepwear drawer. Okay, we can do this the hard way, or the easy way, which do you prefer? What are my choices? Well, I can leave the room and let you struggle trying to get it off and on, or I can just close my eyes and help you. At this point, the pain med was kicking in and all I wanted to do was sleep. I didn't care if I exposed a little flesh, it's not like we were attracted to each other anyway. I raised my arms up. Just do it. He walked around the other side of the bed and pulled on the robe until it was up to my waist. Then he walked back to the front of me. Your arms aren't broken, I'll turn my back. Let me know when you have the shirt on. Believe it or not, it was still a bit of a struggle, mainly because I was so worn out and the robe wasn't the easiest thing to get off. Once I had my nightshirt on and down to my waist I was ready. Okay, ready. Do you want to use the bathroom or anything before you try to sleep? Yeah, I better. We repeated the earlier process, this time I wasn't quite as embarrassed. He put me in the recliner with my feet up, brought me a pillow and blanket off my bed and tucked me in like a little child. The only thing missing was a goodnight kiss. I'll be right here on the couch if you need anything. Good night. Before he even turned out the lights, I was sound asleep. The narcotics did their job. When I woke up, I was surprised to see it was mid-morning. The girls were sitting at the table eating cereal, and I suddenly realized it was Saturday. Seeing I was awake, Carson brought me a pain pill and a glass of orange juice. You should eat something with that. What can I get you? Um, how about just some toast? Okay, coming up. Once again, I was surprised by Carson. I could see that he had already cleaned the kitchen up and now he brought my juice and was making toast. I think the kindest thing Raul had ever done for me was by dinner once a week so I didn't have to cook. He brought me two pieces of buttered toast on a plate. Let me know when you want to use the bathroom, then I'm going to do some shopping. After he got me in the wheelchair I noticed he had even thrown a load of laundry in the washing machine. Okay girls, I'm going to go do some shopping. Keep an eye on your mom and call me if you need anything. Do you need me to pick anything specific for you? No, I think I'm good, thanks. Well, if you think of anything, call or text me. After he left, I decided to make my weekly call to my mom and break the news to her. She was concerned and ready to hop on a plane to take care of us until I finally broke down and told her Carson was staying here taking care of us. That turned the whole conversation around about who this guy was that I trusted to stay with us and take care of me and the girls. Finally, I couldn't take it anymore and I told her he was gay, even though the thought of Carson not liking women made me laugh. I started getting tired and uncomfortable in the wheelchair. I was hoping Carson would be home soon so I could get out of it. I decided it was going to be a long couple of weeks until I could get onto crutches. When he did get back, the first thing he did was make sure I was taken care of, then he made us all a late lunch, once again doing the dishes. Then he started bringing stuff in from his shopping trip. 
The first things that were brought in were a bar stool and a plastic patio chair, making me very curious. What are you doing with those? Well, I figured you could sit on the bar stool while brushing your teeth or whatever in the bathroom. I know you will not want to go without a shower for two weeks, so I will set the patio chair in the tub. I started laughing, imagining how funny I will look, but I had to admit they both made sense. He also brought in enough groceries to feed an army. Holy cow, how many people are you planning on feeding? Well, I wanted to make sure I didn't have to leave you every day, so I got plenty. That afternoon, I realized how thoughtful he was by thinking ahead. I started feeling grungy and wanted nothing more than a hot shower. Hey Carson, how do you plan on me taking a shower? Well, I will wrap your cast in a garbage bag and tape it up. Your walking boot we can just take off. Okay, can we do that? A shower sounds really, really good right now. He carefully took off my walking boot and wrapped my cast in a garbage bag. He set the patio chair in the tub and asked me what I needed for my shower. Okay, I will set you in the chair and send Emily in to turn on the water for you once you're undressed. She can sit in here with you until you're ready to get out. Okay. How are you going to get your shirt over your waist while you're sitting down? Um, I don't know. Well, if you trust me, we can just hike it up to your waist when I carry you in, then when I leave you can take it the rest of the way off. I'm sure I blushed at the thought of my bear but hanging out while he was carrying me in his arms but it sounded like the most logical solution. Okay, I guess it can't get much worse for my dignity. Okay, hold on. When we got into the bathroom, he used his free hand to pull up my nightgown until it was up to my hips. I couldn't believe it, but I was instantly turned on by him doing it. He put one foot in the tub and gently set me down. When he did, I let out a yelp. What's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah, the plastic is just cold on my bare butt. It was his turn to blush, and it made him look so cute. I'm sorry, I will warm it up first next time. I'll send Emily in. By the time she got in, I had my nightgown off and was ready for some hot water. She got it running and then turned it to shower. I've never felt anything so relaxing in all my life. How is that, Mom? It feels so good. I sat there until the hot water ran out. Emily handed me a towel and a clean night shirt and sent Carson in to carry me out. When he walked in, his eyes widened a little and he blushed once more. Um, do you feel better? Oh, so much better. It is amazing what a little hot water can do for you. Yeah, I bet, um, back to the recliner? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, when I pick you up, your nightshirt should just fall down around you. It was then I realized that my new nightshirt was a little more sheer than I had remembered. The thought of me in his arms again with my bear but hanging out must have stirred up some carnal thoughts. Because when I looked down, my nipples were standing out nice and proud. Oh, fuck, I thought. No wonder he is embarrassed. He reached down and lifted me up like it was nothing. It felt good having my arms around his neck holding on, realizing how nice his muscles felt against the sheer shirt. When he sat me down, he immediately handed me a blanket to cover myself with before putting my boot back on and unwrapping my cast. The feel of his hands on my bare legs turned me on even more. Unfortunately the sight of him on his knees holding my legs made it even worse and I felt myself starting to get wet. Please please don't smell me, I thought. Chapter 7 Carson When I went to get Tina out of the shower, I almost died. I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but she wore a very sheer nightshirt that left almost nothing to the imagination. For one of the first times in my life, I was flustered in front of a woman. When I lifted her up, she seemed to hold me a little tighter as I caught a whiff of her body wash. I sat her down in her recliner and handed her a light blanket to cover up with. I think she was slightly embarrassed as well. I'm sure she isn't used to having to be careful what she wears in her own home. When I kneeled down to unwrap her cast and put her boot on, I couldn't help but admire how nice her legs were. 
I dried off her foot and leg really well and started putting on her walking boot when I felt her tremble slightly. Then suddenly, my nose caught the unmistakable musk of a turned-on woman. I was shocked. Tina had never shown any inclination that she was attracted to me. I decided that it had to be the pain meds messing with her. After I got her situated, and myself calmed down I got their laundry caught up, cooked, and cleaned up the kitchen much to the chagrin of Tina. She hated the fact that I was doing everything for her, but it's not like she could do anything for herself. Sunday night the girls were in bed early since it was a school night. I was tired and ready to relax with a drink. Tina, do you mind if I have a drink? No, why would I mind? Just making sure, it's your apartment after all. Knock yourself out. Okay, I'm going to go back to my place, get ready for bed, grab a drink and I'll be back. Do you need anything? Nope, I'm good. When I got back, I sat back on the couch, took a sip of whiskey and let out a satisfied sigh. Carson. Yeah? Why are you doing all this? Because you need my help and I can. What did you mean before about karma? My parents were killed in a car accident when I was five. A 19-year-old kid was on a crotch rocket doing 120 and T-boned their car. I looked at the accident report when I turned 18. It looked like a bomb went off. I was thrown into the foster care system. I can't begin to tell you how horrible it is for children. I stayed with one set of parents for two years when I was eight years old. They would leave me home alone all night all the time. There were times the tornado sirens were going off and I cried myself to sleep in the closet. Oh my God, Carson, that's why you volunteered with the girls so much. Yeah, part of it, I know how it feels to be home alone. When I was 14, I was sent to live with another set of parents who were both school teachers. I was way behind in school, scared of everything, depressed, and had no friends. They took me in and treated me like their own child. They literally saved my life. Without them, I would either be in prison or dead by now. When I graduated, I asked them how I could ever repay them. He told me one day, someone would need my help. How I responded is how I would repay them. I understand you so much better now. I laughed. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? She actually gave me a flirtatious smile. That's my secret. The next morning I was up early getting the girls off to school. I needed to get back to work since I took Friday off. Tina, I need to get back to work. Would you like to hang out with me at my place, or just text me when you need me? I may as well hang out with you if it won't bother you. Nah, you will probably be amused by my chaos. I'll walk the girls to the bus stop, and then come get you. Okay. When I got back, I moved my big recliner into my office so she could be comfortable. When I went over to get her, she was in tears. What's wrong? The human resources bitch just called me. She's hated me since day one for some reason. She said that I was negligent in causing the accident and the hotel's insurance wouldn't cover my medical bills, and the only pay I will get is my accrued sick days and vacation pay. Is that so? Yeah. Come on, let's go to my place and I'll fix it. Carson, I know you're awesome, but you just can't fix everything. You think I'm awesome? She just rolled her eyes at me. I picked her up and carried her over to my place and sat her in my favorite chair. I grabbed a pen and paper and sat my phone on the arm of her chair and hit record. Dialed the number. It rang twice before the bitch answered. Human resources. Hi, this is Carson Dossett. I'm here with Tina Cohen. Yes, how may I help you? I'm a certified financial planner, and we are trying to make some plans for Tina. I wanted to clarify a few things if I may. Okay, go ahead. By the way, this call is being recorded since I have a terrible memory. First, you informed Ms. Cohen that all medical expenses will be borne by her and her insurance company, is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay, fine. Secondly, she is allowed to use her accrued vacation and sick days, 
but no workman's comp, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, last question. Have you filed a report with OSHA, and if so may we have a copy? Um, no we haven't. Okay, that's all I need to know for today, thank you for your time. I hung up and looked at her smugly. Okay, your problems will be solved within 30 minutes. You need to decide what you want most from them. What do you mean? Do you want a cash settlement, a raise, different hours, or a promotion? I don't understand. Just think about it, but don't take too long, they will be calling shortly. When they do, make sure you put it on speaker. Sure enough, her phone started ringing within 20 minutes. She put it on speaker so I could hear. Tina, this is Tony, I'm here with our general manager Mr. Elliot. He is going to take the call from here. Hello, I'm still here with my financial advisor Carson Dossett. Mr. Dossett, may I ask what type of financial advisor you are and what certification you have? Yes, Mr. Elliot, I'm a federally licensed certified financial analyst. I'm also certified in Colorado to be a personal financial advisor. If you need copies of any of my certifications I will be happy to email them over to you. Okay, good enough thank you. Tina, I understand our personal manager has given you some wrong information. Okay, why is that? I'm not sure why, but suffice it to say, she doesn't work here anymore. Okay, wow. First we will address your medical bills. All medical bills and expenses will be 100% paid for by the hotel. Any questions so far? No. Great, secondly you will receive workman's comp pay the entire time you're off work without having to use any sick pay or vacation. Any questions? I have a question. Yes, Mr. Dossett. At what percentage of her usual salary will her workman's comp pay be? I believe the standard rate is 60% of her base pay while she is off work. Okay, understood. Mr. Elliot, I understand you asked for a copy of the OSHA report, is that correct? Yes, it is. May I ask why? Federal law states if there is a workplace injury requiring hospitalization, an OSHA report must be filed within 24 hours of the incident. Your human resources manager indicated that Ms. Cohen was negligent and caused the accident. We wanted to see how the report stated she was negligent before deciding how to proceed. Proceed as in? Let's just leave it at that. I'm not a lawyer, just a financial advisor. I see. Ms. Cohen, I believe I should speak to our in-house counsel before proceeding any further. Will you be available for another call later today? I'm sitting here in a wheelchair, not much else I can do besides answer the phone. Okay, thank you for your time. With that they hung up, and Tina just looked at me stunned. What just happened? What your human resources manager did was illegal. When I started asking questions she panicked and fessed up to someone, now they are in damage control. Am I going to get fired? Not a chance in hell. We will get you paid in full the entire time you're off at full wages, not 60%. We can also ask for some pain and suffering pay, or you can use your leverage for something else. Right now your general manager is talking to their lawyer to find out how much it is going to cost them to fix this. Like what? A raise, a promotion, better hours, etc. Oh. So, what is the one thing you really want from them? I don't know. I really love my job and working there. The only thing I don't like is getting home late. How important is it that you stay late? Honestly, not really. Every bar and restaurant has their own manager who can do anything I can at that time of the night. Your hours now are from 2 to 10 or 11 every night. Yeah, roughly. So would life be better working 10 to 7, and would they suffer because of it? Yeah, then I could walk the girls to the bus stop in the mornings, and be home to tuck them in at night, and it shouldn't matter to the hotel. Okay, then that's what we want. What about money? Honestly, they pay me really well, so if they just pay me for the time I'm off and the medical bills, I will be happy. Okay, we will wait for them to call. 
Tina Carson was indeed the miracle worker he claimed to be. When the general manager called back, he had the hotel lawyer on the line with him. They came right out and asked what it would take to make me happy. I told them I loved my job and the hotel. The only thing I would like is shifting my hours slightly, medical expenses, and full pay while I was off. They couldn't say yes fast enough. My mood immediately improved and I actually enjoyed hanging out with Carson the next few days. My nightly shower time seemed to get steamier and steamier. I swear he did everything humanly possible to turn me on every chance he could. The sex dreams had started again, and I found myself actually fantasizing about him during the day while watching him work. By Thursday, I was starting to go stir-crazy, tired of being stuck inside 24-7. Suddenly, I felt selfish when I realized that Carson had barely left my side in a week. I had to be cutting into his social life. Carson, I'm sorry if I'm cutting into your social life. The girls and I would probably be okay for a night if you have any dates planned for this weekend. Um, I don't really date anymore. I thought that was really odd. Do you mind if I ask why? He just shrugged his shoulders and put his palms up in the air. I don't know, change in attitude and priorities I guess. Oh, I'm sorry if I screwed anything up for you. On the contrary, you've opened my eyes. That really confused me. How did I open his eyes? And why did that make him stop being a man whore? Oh. Well, I'm starting to go stir-crazy stuck inside, so I imagine it is even worse for you knowing you could be doing something else. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting out for a while myself. Do you have plans this weekend? I looked at him and rolled my eyes. Well, I was going to take the girls ice skating on the pool if it froze over. If it doesn't, I'm going to run a marathon. Other than that, nothing important. Ha ha. Well, do you trust me to make some plans for us all to get out of the apartment? What kind of plans? That's where the trust part comes in. Now, answer me honestly, please. Do you trust me? He looked straight into my eyes, and I could tell he wasn't just asking about getting us out of the apartment. Honestly, I trust you more than I have ever trusted anyone. He just looked relieved and smiled at me. That night, we were enjoying another wonderful dinner made by Carson. We all discovered that he is a damn good cook. I have been comfortable enough to sit at the table in the wheelchair while we all ate together. So girls, would you like to go on an adventure Saturday, or hang around the apartment? They both looked excited right away. What kind of adventure? It is a surprise. I just wanted to know if you wanted to go or stay here. Adventure. Okay, I will take care of it. As usual, Carson kicked everyone out of the kitchen and wouldn't let anyone help him clean up. I was so thankful for him, I hoped I could repay him someday. Carson as usual carried me into the girls' room to tuck them into bed. They were excited for their adventure, but were still asleep within minutes. He carried me into the bathroom and sat me on the barstool. I brushed my teeth, washed my face, and brushed my hair. I don't know what came over me, but tonight I dabbed a tiny bit of perfume on each side of my neck. I told him I was done, and he carried me out to the recliner. I felt him inhale my scent deeply as he sat me down. His face lingered by my neck for a few moments before he gave me a quick kiss on the cheek. He went about his way getting me ready for bed. Making sure I was comfortable, enough blankets to keep me warm. Good night, Tina. I hope you sleep well. How the hell was I going to sleep after that kiss? It wasn't much, but my cheek was still hot where his lips had touched me. My God, this man is driving me crazy. I can't believe the lust I have been feeling for him. Friday, after he walked the girls back home from the bus stop, he told us he was going shopping for our adventure. Do you girls want me to bring pizza back for dinner? Yes. He came over to me and kneeled beside the recliner and put his hand on mine. Is there anything at all I can get you while I'm out? I shivered as he touched me, wondering where this feeling of excitement had come from. 
Actually, since I haven't needed a pain pill for a few days, I could go for some wine. Of course, anything for you. When he said that, it sent another shiver down my spine. No wonder he got all the ladies, he is definitely smooth. He was gone for only a couple hours, but the apartment felt empty without him. He came back with a couple of pizzas and wine. Okay girls, here is a boring cheese pizza for you. What did you get? I got a supreme with pineapple and sauerkraut. Yui. That's why I got you a cheese pizza, so I don't have to share mine. I was curious, and tried a piece of Carson's pizza. I had to admit it was pretty good. What was even better was the glass of wine that went along with it. I watched the girls eyeing his pizza and knew what was coming. Carson, can I have a piece of your pizza? What surprised me was how he responded. No, you won't like it. I watched the reverse psychology unfold before my eyes, and it was amusing. That's until I wondered if he was doing the same thing to me. Can I have a bite? He looked at Emily like he was thinking hard. Okay, I will give you a bite, but you will hate it. It was hard not to laugh when she took the bite from him. He kept telling her to spit it out if she didn't like it. But sure enough she chewed it up and swallowed it. That's so good. Really you think so? Yeah. That means you have grown up taste buds on your tongue. Really? Yeah I can't believe you have them when you're only ten years old. Now it was Lily's turn to try it. Nope, it's yucky. I still have kid taste buds. That made for a good laugh. After dinner, we decided to watch the girls' favorite Pixar movie Brave. I had seen it a dozen times, but Carson never had. I sat there with another full glass of wine and watched him and the girls. He was on the couch with Lily on his lap and Emily curled up beside him. I felt a pang of sadness when I realized how good of a father he would have been for them. It was obvious they all loved each other. My bottle of wine was almost gone and I was feeling pretty good. I was intently watching Carson when he turned and caught me staring at him. I'm sure I blushed pretty hard, but he just gave me a nice smile. After the movie was over he got the girls to bed, and me in the bathroom. By then, I was feeling pretty tipsy and put a little more perfume on my neck. When he came for me, I wrapped my arms a little tighter around his neck, making it feel more like an embrace. When he laid me down onto the recliner, he once again lingered by my neck before kissing my cheek right below my ear, this time it was more than just a quick peck. He actually whispered in my ear before letting go. Good night, Tina. At that point, I finally admitted to myself that I had fallen in love with him. Chapter 8 Carson It wasn't long before I heard Tina's breathing become soft. The bottle of wine put her quickly to sleep. I could tell that she was pretty tipsy by the way she held on to me when I was carrying her back, and the smell of the extra perfume she had put on. I'm not sure what the fragrance is, but it is the perfect match for her. Once again, I kissed her cheek goodnight, fighting the urge to smother her mouth with mine. I decided I had to be very careful not to cross a line with her, especially if she had been drinking. It took me forever to fall asleep. I could smell her perfume from where she laid. I concentrated on the sounds of her breathing, trying to match mine to hers. I was finally able to drift off to sleep, but she haunted my dreams as well. I was jolted awake by two girls jumping on me. It's time for our adventure. Okay, girls, go brush your teeth and get dressed. I started to move when suddenly I realized that I had a bad case of morning wood and Tina was looking right at me. I stayed under the blanket and acted like I was tired and started stretching a little, willing it to go away. Finally it went down enough to get up. I made everyone breakfast and then made and packed a picnic lunch in the cooler. I'm Carson, I don't really want to go out in public in just a night shirt. I could see her point. Do you have a really loose-fitting pair of shorts that will slip over your cast? No. Okay, hold on. I ran over to my apartment and found a pair of basketball shorts. They would look funny on her, but would do the job. 
I went back, picked her up and sat her on the side of her bed. Okay, I will get these up over your cast if you think you can lay them back and pull them up. Do you want a normal shirt? Yeah, I'm top middle drawer. Can you hand me a bra and my shirt hanging up that says Lucky on it? I think she enjoyed seeing my discomfort at going through her underwear drawer. I laid her bra and shirt by her side and slid the shorts up as far as I safely could. I shut the door behind me and heard her laughing as she tried to pull her shorts up. I loaded the wheelchair and cooler in the back of my jeep along with as many pillows and blankets I could cram in. Okay ladies, we have an hour's drive ahead of us, Tina. You're in charge of the radio. I took them to Garden of the Gods. It is a beautiful park with wondrous rock formations and wildlife. The best part is there are several paved trails that are easy to navigate for anyone in a wheelchair. I stopped near a trail that I had chosen ahead of time that was less than a two-mile loop. It was a beautiful late summer day, and the weather was perfect. I pushed Tina while the girls walked along pointing at everything talking away. When we were halfway around we stopped to look at some bighorn sheep that was hanging on the side of a cliff as if by magic. I put my hand on her shoulder and leaned down by her ear. Hey, are you doing okay? Yeah, I can't imagine a more perfect day, thank you. She surprised me by putting her hand on top of mine and kissing me on the cheek. She blushed a little and smiled shyly. I was awestruck by her display of affection to me. The girls were awestruck by the jagged rocks sticking straight out of the ground like something out of a science fiction movie. By the time we made the loop, it was lunchtime. I drove us to a shaded spot a little farther down the trail for our picnic. I laid out several blankets and then several pillows to make Tina as comfortable as possible. I carried her over and laid her down in her little nest as gently as I could. Everyone loved the picnic, the girls were full of laughter, and I had never seen Tina so happy. I realized then that I wanted this for the rest of my life. I didn't want to start over, this is the family I wanted. I kept catching Tina's eye, each time I did it was accompanied by a smile. I'm glad I'm able to give them some happiness. After a long picnic, we drove on to another location and took another hike. I pushed Tina slowly, letting the girls range ahead. You're an amazing mother. You really think so? Yeah, the girls are so perfect, and that's a direct result of how you have raised them. Thanks, Carson. I put my hand on her shoulder and gave it a little squeeze. After our second hike, the girls decided that they had enough walking for one day. We explored the rest of the park from the jeep before finally getting back on the road towards Denver and home. I took them to one of my favorite steakhouses for dinner. Tina tried arguing with me over the bill until I gave her a look that made her give up. I froze when the waitress visited us for the final time. You girls are so wonderful. Your mom and dad here must be so proud. Tina surprised me, putting her hand on mine. Nodding at our waitress, she said. You're right, we are. I made sure to tip the waitress very well. Tina Carson had given us a perfect day, and for the first time, I realized what it would be like to have a complete family. I loved it every time he picked me up to carry me somewhere. His strong arms always carried me so effortlessly. I almost wished my legs would never heal. By the time we got back to the apartment, the girls could barely keep their eyes open even though it wasn't even eight o'clock. Carson got the girls cleaned up and put to bed, leaving us alone early on a Saturday night. What can I get you, Tina? I could go for a glass of wine. We chatted for a while. Our conversations always flowed so easily now. I decided I needed a shower before we went to bed. Carson, can you help me get into the shower? Usually Emily helped me get the water going, but she was sound asleep so it was up to Carson to help me. He got me in the chair, closed the shower curtain, and turned on the water. When the water went cold he turned it off and handed me a towel behind the curtain. I felt so sexy knowing I was naked with only a thin sheet of plastic separating us. He handed me a clean nightshirt that I slipped on as far as I could. Okay, I'm ready. I had picked my sheer nightshirt again, 
and I was flattered by the look he gave me. He picked me up and sat me on the barstool. He got on his knees and started drying my foot and leg so he could put my walking boot back on. I had dreamed of this more than once, and the wine finally made me brave enough. I swung my right leg with the cast on it over and let it rest on the edge of the tub resulting in my legs being spread wide open, with Carson on his knees before me. I will give him credit, he tried to be a gentleman until I pulled up my nightgown and cleared my throat. He looked up and our eyes met, and we both just knew. He placed his hands on the inside of my legs, and spread them just a little further, as if to give me a chance to stop him. When I didn't he leaned down and kissed the inside of my knee, and then again slowly a little farther up my leg. I was trembling with anticipation, this was a first for me as Raoul had never done it even once. He kissed his way up my leg until his mouth reached my wetness. Very slowly, he started kissing and licking me, he knew exactly what to do. It wasn't long before I could feel an orgasm building inside of me, just like in my dreams. It was all I could do to keep from screaming out when it finally washed over me. After I had stopped shaking, he stood up and softly kissed me. He picked me up and sat me back down on the vanity top. Do you have a condom by chance? No. I'll go get one. He gave me one more kiss before walking out and shutting the bathroom door behind him. Suddenly I decided I didn't want my first time with him to be a quickie in the bathroom. I pulled my shirt back down, and by the time he got back I had composed myself. He took one look on my face, and then just nodded. He just got back on his knees and put my boot back on. Then he picked me up, carried me to the recliner, and kissed me on the cheek. I felt bad leaving him like that after he had given me an earth-shaking orgasm. I was actually embarrassed and didn't know what to say to him. Although I didn't want to have sex tonight, I still wanted more. Carson. Yeah? I'm sorry, I just didn't want our first time to be a quickie on the bathroom countertop. I totally understand. I would like to be held though, if that's something you want to do. He walked over, picked me up and sat down cradling me in his arms like a mother would a baby. He didn't push me, instead he just held me and pressed his head to mine. Tina. Yeah. I'm madly in love with you. I'm madly in love with you too. Chapter 9 Carson She Loves Me It was the best thing I have ever heard in my life. I slept in the recliner with Tina in my arms. Although I didn't sleep great, it was by far the best night of my life. Sunday morning, I made breakfast, did laundry, and cleaned the apartment. Tina and I kept giving each other covert looks and smiles. I was the happiest man in the world, taking care of my family. I didn't even care that I was doing their laundry and cleaning. We hadn't talked about making our romance known to the girls, so I acted like nothing had changed until we had a chance to talk about it. Sunday night, after I got the girls to bed, I sat in the recliner and cradled Tina in my arms once again. Tina. Yeah? You know I'm in love with you, right? Yeah, I'm in love with you too. I don't want to wait anymore, will you be my wife? I heard her suck in a deep breath, several moments went by before she answered me. No, Carson. I didn't know what to do. She said no. The pain in my chest was like nothing I had ever felt before. What did I do wrong? She said she loved me, but maybe not that much, or even worse yet, did she love me like a brother? I sat there holding her for a few minutes, eventually I couldn't take it any longer. I stood up, sat her on the chair and kissed her cheek. Like a coward I went back to my own apartment and crawled into my own bed for the first time in over a week. I laid there and cried like a baby. What did I do wrong? Every doubt in the world ran through my mind. I should have stuck to my plan, party like crazy until I was thirty, and then find a young single woman to be my wife. None of that mattered now, I was in love with Tina and I already loved the girls like they were my own. It would destroy me if I lost the three most important women in my life. Tina Carson caught me totally by surprise when he asked me to marry him. 
I don't know why, but I panicked and said no. I don't know why I did. I loved Carson, he loved me, he loved the girls, they loved him, so what is the problem? I don't think I would ever be able to find a better man, or one who treated me and the girls better. You can't take back a word once it is spoken out loud, and regret is one of the worst things to live with. I would give anything to take back my answer. The hurt look on his face made me feel so guilty. He sat me down, kissed my cheek and left. I wanted to call out to wait, but I couldn't. Once he left, I cried from my own stupidity, hoping I hadn't ruined everything. Finally I picked up my phone, we couldn't go to sleep with this hanging over us. Me, hey. Thankfully he answered me, I wasn't so sure he would anymore. Carson, hey. Me, I'm sorry, you totally caught me by surprise and I panicked. Carson, it's okay, I understand. Me, how about we go on a few dates and then you asked me again. Please, please, please. Carson, anything for you. Those were magic words to me. Me, Carson, please come back. I really need you to hold me tonight, if you still want to hold me, that is. He didn't answer me, but a few moments later I heard the front door open. He picked me up, cradled me in his arms and sat us down in the recliner. I softly cried myself to sleep in his arms. The next morning, when the girls woke up he laid me on the couch and got them ready for school. After he walked them to the bus stop, he came back and held me in his arms once again. I'm sorry I just sprung that on you. It wasn't a fair thing to do. Now what? Now we go on a few dates, and someday I will ask you again. Okay. We quickly fell into a comfortable boyfriend-slash-girlfriend relationship. We decided to tell the girls so we didn't have to hide our feelings for each other around them. They were overjoyed that we were dating. I could tell they were already hoping he would become their father someday soon. Wednesday, he asked me if we could go to the pub for kids' night. I said yes, but inside I was nervous. I know he has slept with several of the women in the complex, and this would be our first public appearance as a couple. I wanted to look nice, so I spent an extra long time in the bathroom. When Carson came to get me he was speechless. I thought we were going to the pub for kids' night. We are. Then why do you look like we are going to a five-star restaurant with the president? Because I know there is a good chance we may run into some women from your past life, and I want to make sure you don't have any regrets about giving up your freedom. He came over and gave me a long loving kiss. Trust me, I will never ever regret giving up that life. He helped me get dressed. It was nice not to have to worry about him seeing a little extra flesh here and there. Actually, I enjoyed giving him a little extra look, enjoying his reaction every time. I was finally satisfied with how I looked, and we headed out for dinner. Carson was pushing me into the pub, and sure enough Linda walked in at the same time. My God, Tina, what happened? I was in an accident at work. One leg is broken pretty badly. The other one just has a crack. How are you getting around? Carson has pretty much moved in and is taking care of us. She looked at me and raised an eyebrow as if she was waiting for more. Yeah, and we are together now, right, dear? He reached down and kissed my cheek. Yeah, you caught me. Hook, line, and sinker. We sat with Linda while the kids all went off and enjoyed the buffet together. My woman's spider senses started tingling, picking up looks and whispers about Carson. I reached over and placed my hand on top of his, as if I was staking my claim. Carson was oblivious to all of it, but I felt like the queen of the Nile by his side. Linda picked up on it as well and smiled knowingly. So Carson, you're officially off the market? Yeah, I finally found one worth keeping. Hopefully she will keep me. I picked up his hand and pulled him to me and gave him a kiss. I plan on it. I was so proud, I felt like I had won the grand prize. Once we got the girls to bed for the night, I asked Carson to snuggle with me on the couch for a while. As soon as he sat down beside me I attacked him smothering him with the most passionate kisses I could. After a few minutes, 
we finally had to stop for a breath. Holy shit woman, what got into you? I'm proud to be your woman. You don't even realize how many women were looking at us and talking about you tonight, do you? Not really, I only have eyes for you now. You're a very smart man. We kissed for a while before getting ready for bed. We had already started a new nighttime ritual of me sleeping in his arms in the recliner. I am looking forward to when I have my legs working again and we could sleep in a bed together. The days quickly turned into weeks. The doctor cleared me to use crutches which finally gave me some more freedom. As promised, Carson started taking me out on dates. He made sure every other one included the girls as a family night. I started to become sexually frustrated. Carson was a perfect gentleman, and as much as I was ready to further our sex life, he wouldn't go past passionate kissing. I decided he was waiting for me to make the next move, I just needed to find the perfect time to do it. After seven weeks, I finally had my cast removed and graduated to a walking boot. I called the hotel and informed them I would be ready to come back to work next week. The doctor told me I needed a few days to build up the strength in my leg again. Carson decided we needed to celebrate with a romantic dinner. I dressed as sexy as I could, breaking out my little black dress. I felt a little odd wearing it with a walking boot, but looking in the mirror I decided I still looked great. Dinner was wonderful, but the company was even better. I decided to get a little personal with him. Can I ask you a personal question? You can always ask me anything you want. When was the last time you had sex? Um, that night I called you a milf in the hallway. Really, wow that's been quite a while. So why haven't we moved past the hot passionate kissing stage yet? I moved too quickly once already. I don't want to make the same mistake twice. Plus, I wanted to make sure you knew I wasn't just looking for sex. You didn't move too fast before, you just caught me by surprise. He smiled at me and gave my hand a squeeze. After our date, we were walking down the hallway to my apartment. Instead of walking past his door, I stopped. Carson, in here. He opened the door and followed me in. I walked slowly into his bedroom, feeling his eyes on my ass. Without turning around, I stopped, unzipped my dress and let it fall to the floor. I was wearing my black thong and bra, feeling the sexiest I ever had. I bent down and unstrapped the boot, stepping out of it and turning around. The look on his face was pure hunger and lust. I felt satisfied with my efforts so far. Now, to see if I had pushed him far enough along. Chapter 10 Carson I had never laid my eyes on such a beautiful and sexy woman. I walked forward and took her into my arms, dipping down and giving her the longest most sensual kiss I could. Carson, will you make love to me? Yes, dear. I wasn't going to hurry. We both had waited so long and I was going to savor every moment. I kissed my way down her neck leaving a trail of kisses down to her shoulder, pushing her brow strap off her shoulder with my lips. I returned my lips to hers for another soft kiss, before trailing down the other side of her neck, and slid that brow strap down as well. I reached up and unhooked the catch on her bra and let it fall to the floor. I kept my hands around her waist while she started on the buttons of my shirt. When it fell to the floor, she undid my pants and pushed them down around my ankles. When she came up, I felt her brush her hand along my erection. Oh my! I had to stop and chuckle at her. I hope that was a good oh my. Oh it was. I put my hands on her shoulders and softly pushed her back onto the bed. She scooted over and I followed her, crawling up between her legs, and found her lips once again. I slowly slid my hand down her body, along her hip and down her thigh. I gently lifted her knee up and lined myself up to her. I could feel that she was incredibly hot and wet. I barely slid into her, and then back out, hearing her whimper and knee through our kiss. I had been planning on this night for weeks and was intent on giving her my best effort ever. I slowly started sliding in and out of her, giving her two inches of me each time. 
Finally on the tenth stroke I slid all the way into her, feeling her moan in pleasure. I started the count over again. She tried pulling me in, frustrated by my short strokes, wanting me deeper. I reached down and took one of her nipples in my mouth. Her nipples were tiny, which was surprising since her breasts were a nice handful. I quickly discovered that tiny nipples are much more sensitive and fun to play with. The next long stroke I took her nipple in my teeth and bit softly. I was satisfied to hear her cry out as her first orgasm shook her body. I held perfectly still, fighting off my own urge to come. Finally I recovered enough to start into a nice slow rhythm. By now she had a death grip on me, her fingernails digging into my back, her legs wrapped around my waist pulling me deeper into her. I started to speed up and found her mouth with mine once again. I couldn't take much more, as much as I wanted this to last forever. Tina, I have to come. Yes, please come in me. The moment she said that, I exploded in my own intense orgasm. She arched her back and joined me with her second orgasm of the night. Both of us were breathing heavily, laying there snuggling in our post-orgasmic bliss. Carson, do you have something to ask me now? Yeah. Well? Are you ready for round two? She laughed at me and smacked my arm. You know that's not the right question. Soon, my love, soon. I hope so. Since you brought it up, we should talk about a few things. Like? The girls, for one. I would love to adopt them if we would get married. I hoped you would. I know they are dreaming of it. What about more babies? I could probably be coerced in one or two more as long as we practice for a while first. I would love to practice with you. Anything else? I make great money. I know we haven't really talked about finances. Do you want to keep working or stay at home? Carson, I love my job, and I want to be the youngest FNB general manager in the company. What is FNB? Food and beverage. Would that be here? No, it would be in another city. Is that okay? I work from home, so it doesn't matter to me. You know I will follow you anywhere. Anything else, my love? Yeah, can we start sleeping in your bed? She laughed at me. Yeah, we probably should. I would hate for the girls to wake up and we were gone. Tina, I was woken by the giggles of two little girls taking pictures of Carson, and I snuggled up in my bed. Thankfully, we were smart enough last night to put on our pajamas. He still didn't ask me as the days and weeks went by. I was starting to get nervous, but every time I had a funny look on my face, he would just kiss my cheek and whisper one word. Patience. Carson taught me how to love and make love. I quickly realized that Raul had just fucked me all the time, and it only for himself. Carson, on the other hand, just wanted to bring me as much pleasure as possible. Every time we made love, it just reinforced how much I wanted to be his wife, forever. The one nice thing about the hotel and convention business is there are never any conventions around the holidays. Which meant I was free to go home for Thanksgiving. I warned my parents that I was bringing Carson home and to be on their best behavior. I told Carson that my mother would love him to death, and my father would probably give him the third degree. I can't remember dad ever approving of one guy I had dated when I was younger. He absolutely hated Raul, although I have to admit he knocked that one out of the ballpark. When we came home, my mother hugged Carson longer than me and the girls whispering in his ear as she did. I rolled my eyes. Mom, I told you to be on your best behavior. I am just welcoming him to our home. Carson walked up to my father and offered his hand. Hello, I'm Carson. It is a pleasure to meet you, sir. Thankfully, my father shook his hand instead of leaving him hanging like he did to some past boyfriends. Welcome to our home, Carson. The rest of the evening, the girls filled my parents' ears about tales of their life in Denver. I began to notice that each one of them had Carson in it. I realized what an important part of our lives he had become. Carson, I'm smoking a turkey tomorrow. Would you like to help me? I would love to. 
I have always wanted to smoke a turkey, but it's kind of hard living in an apartment. I raised my eyebrow at Carson, not sure whether I should believe him or not. The girls and I slept in my old room, while Carson slept on the couch. I felt bad for him, but he didn't seem to mind. I felt worse for myself. It was the first night in months I haven't slept in his arms, and it was horrible. When I woke up the next morning, Carson and my dad were already outside hanging around the smoker. What is it with men, fire, and meat I will never understand. I walked out and gave Carson a good morning hug and kiss, not caring what my father thought. He was my man and he would have to get used to it. I started helping my mom prepare Thanksgiving dinner. I watched Carson and my father talking around the smoker. They looked like they were negotiating a deal on a used car instead of cooking a fat bird. I was shocked when I finally saw my father put his hand on Carson's shoulder and extend his other hand in a handshake. I couldn't believe my eyes. Did Dad actually like him? Thanksgiving dinner was wonderful, although Carson had an amused look on his face the entire time. Even my father seemed to be acting like something was up. After dinner, we were sitting in their living room relaxing before it was time for pie. Suddenly, Carson walked over to me and got down on one knee, producing a tiny black box out of nowhere. Tina, I love you more than anything in the world. Your father has given me his blessing and I'm hoping that you will become my wife for the rest of my life. I started crying, while putting out my trembling hand for him to slide the ring on. Once he did, I threw my arms around his neck while sobbing into his shoulder and nodding my head. I couldn't stop crying long enough to say yes, but I think he understood. Once I stopped crying, I leaned up and gave him a long soft kiss. I love you Carson. I love you Tina. He gave me another peck on the cheek, and sat down on the couch. Girls, will you come here? He motioned for them to each take a seat on one of his knees. Somehow, he produced two more little black boxes, and handed one to each of the girls. Girls, I love you so much. Would you be willing to become my daughters? By then, the entire family was crying while the girls opened their boxes. Inside each one held a locket with their name engraved on them. When they opened them, each side held a picture of Carson and I. They had him put them around their necks vowing to never take them off. Who would have thought that two neighbors who couldn't stand each other would end up falling madly in love and becoming a family? Certainly not me, and definitely not the womanizer who thought that single moms didn't deserve a second look. The End